uh, alert and emergency notifications are obviously a very important part of really any organizational communications plan any type of organization any size of organization honestly anywhere that is responsible for large numbers of people or any number of people who congregate together right uh, I think there was a report by solution company solution recently that says by the year 2021 in just two years the mass notification market is going to be worth 9.69 billion dollars so everybody's getting on board with this stuff it's not just a good idea it's it's becoming an essential element of all of this uh, today I'm here with Sean Matthews president and CEO of Visix. hi Sean hello Derek thank you for having me thank you Sean for coming on and thank you everybody for listening This is digital signage done right. Whether you're new to digital signage or a seasoned pro, this podcast gives you practical advice about systems, communications, and content to better engage your audience. I'm Derek DeWitt, Communications Specialist for Physics. Welcome to Digital Signage Done Right. I mean, obviously, no one wants a crisis to arise, but it's obviously better to have a safe and comprehensive plan in place that you maybe never need rather than needing one and not having one, right? Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I mean, unfortunately, you know, most organizations, um, either public or private organizations, particularly large ones, they have some sort of emergency response process. And then, of course, associated with that is a notification process. And, you know, obviously the first thing has to occur, which is the emergency response. And then from there, of course, you as you begin to understand the situation, you can more effectively alert people. I mean, obviously the idea is to keep people um, abreast of events as they occur. I mean, that's the thing. I think we've all been in situations where I don't care if you're stuck on an airplane on the tarmac for hours on end. You know, if the captain does a good job of keeping you abreast, you feel a little bit better about the situation than if you're just sitting there in the dark. Um, right. Nothing going on. I, mean, I wonder why we're still here. Most definitely. And I think I think most people understand that. That's a natural human desire to understand what's going on, particularly when it could be of uh, have some negative impact on, on you or, or even your survival. Digital signage seems to be a pretty useful uh, part of any sort of alert notifications program or plan. I mean, the screens are everywhere, hopefully. Talk a little bit about that. I, I kind of feel like anybody who has digital signage should absolutely incorporate it into their alert notifications. Yeah, I mean, you know, digital signs, and we could talk about this you know, for a really long time, but they're just part of the multi-tiered mass notification layer. The most common thing I think people think about these days is if you're from my generation, you think about the emergency alert service that you would hear oh. on television. That stuff's been around for a long time, the emergency <laughs> yeah. alert system. Of course, you know, in the post 9-11 world, obviously a lot of things have changed. And, you know, FEMA, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, has their own high layer technology, uh, which is called iPaws. And then there are other technologies that fall below that. But you know, there are a lot of different systems out there for keeping people abreast of what's going on. And, you know, I think it's it's an important element of dealing with emergency situations for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If someone is using a digital signage system that whatever the version they have doesn't have alert capabilities, I think they should obviously contact the vendor and see how they can get those integrated. And, and you mentioned public organizations. I think they're compelled to have some kind of a, an alert notification system. And I know obviously it saves lives, but you can actually, I think it can save time and money as well. I mean, there are, 
you mentioned FEMA. There are some opportunities out there for funding, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, there are a fair number of opportunities in terms of funding these types of things. Um, and again, you could be a, a public entity or even a private entity that mm. is responsible for a lot of people being on site. So think about um, sports venues, very large entertainment venues, which might be really entire cities almost, if you think about the types of uh, entertainment venues I'm, I'm speaking of. But there are a lot of monies associated with this in terms of Homeland Security grant programs, the state Homeland Security program um, at certain points has given as much as $350 million out in any given fiscal year really? to help alert notification. Uh, the Urban Areas Security Initiative is another. Operation Stone Garden is another one. And even the U.S. Department of Education has its own programs. And depending on the year, they've given nearly $10 million uh, a year to higher education institutions for emergency management plans. So it's big money out there that you noted even early on that a lot of people are getting into this business. You know, it, it's really for an important purpose, right? I mean, you think about, you know, what goes on uh, in the world and, you know, people don't want to talk about those those situations, but they do happen. Mm. Um, and they happen often here in the United States. But it's not even just those you know, man-made situations, too. There's a lot of natural disasters that occur in the form of fire, in the form of tornadoes, and certainly earthquakes, Flood. floods, yeah. you know, all of those types of things. A lot of natural disasters occur that you know, people need advance notice, um, particularly those who are left behind for some reason or were not aware of this impending thing. And, uh, you know, digital signs just become another layer given their physical size and ability to convey a lot of information in big letters and visuals, you know, in, in important parts of the uh, in the physical property that you may be on. Mobile text notifications just aren't enough. That's correct. Yeah. You might almost make the argument that this is, in many ways, the most important way to use digital signage because the stakes are way higher. Yeah, it'd be great if everybody went to the dean's address. But nothing bad happens if that doesn't work out or the muffin sale uh, falls short of its uh, goals or something like that. But in, in a situation like this, you're talking about injury or worse. So this, in many ways, is the most important thing that you can use your digital signage for. And I think it's important because it's got to go. It's got to be smooth. It's got to be fast. You've got to be reacting as quickly as events unfold. You've got to get information out there as close to real time as humanly possible. And you've got to have a plan in place so that when people's emotions run high, they can kind of go, oh, okay, right, this is what we're supposed to do. And even automate these things as much as possible. I mean, how do you plan out a system like this? When you think about systems like this, again, I, I mentioned this earlier, it's part of a, a multi-tiered approach to communication. So you think about the popular tiers at the top of the stack or text messaging, SMS is very popular. You think about loudspeakers on college campuses or even in parks, email messages. But you know, digital displays are probably the number four or five most accessible vehicle for delivering this type of information. Sure. So when you think about building infrastructure for that, you're thinking about how you design the alerts in advance. What do they look like? What do they say? Um, how are they triggered? Should you color code the alerts? So maybe everything that's red is fire related. Everything that's blue is water related or in some way, shape or form, <laughs> right? So, you know, you want to you want to create visuals that help guide people to safety and tell them what to do next. I mean, that's the important piece of the puzzle. You want to create easy to follow instructions 
on the display, you know, right after the alert is announced. And the alert might be announced via text messaging or loudspeakers, but as you make your way out into the hallway, for example, you have guidance that's telling you where to go. Yeah, maybe you forgot what that text message just said. Because you dropped your phone. Because yeah. you're panicking. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, even using simple arrows to direct people to the stairwells versus the elevators, you know, is a common use of this this technology, and you know that you need for the technology to override its normal function. I mean, 99.9% of the time, you're going to be showing announcements and events and you know things that you're trying to get people Memes. to be in, yeah, yeah. those kinds of things. But in this one tenth of one percent of the time, you want it to quickly override what's on screen and convey a message that is you know relevant and timely to those who are who are being affected. Mm. So you know, building a plan. You know, for things like common things that you may run into, you know, tornado warnings, uh, earthquakes on the West Coast, that kind of thing. You need technologies that are associated with this so that those people that are part of the emergency response process, often law enforcement people or law enforcement representatives or counterparts associated with it. Those are the people responsible for triggering the notification process. And that notification process is often one that they use a single point trigger that triggers other, you know, alert notification platforms so that from one platform, they can trigger many others. And therefore, the the message or the announcement or subsets thereof are replicated throughout the organization. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about a cap. Basically. Yes, in fact, yeah. that's, yeah. So CAP is, is one of the real standards. CAP is the, the responsible standard that underlies the federal government's platform, which is called iPaws. Mm-hmm. And the whole iPaws thing is the Integrated Public Alert and Warning System. CAP is a an organization that is responsible for designing standards. And the Common Alerting Protocol standard is one that works over all kinds of networks, right? And so if you think about SMS systems, which are text messaging systems, most of those create CAP compliant triggers mm-hmm. that can trigger other platforms that can respond to that trigger. So mm-hmm. the cool thing about the standard is it already identifies the types of common emergencies that we might run into all the way down to like biological hazard, right? <laughs> and so you can create messages in advance and or instructions in advance so that when the biological hazard trigger occurs, the instructions are already predefined. Right. You've already done this work ahead of time when everything was nice and safe and suddenly the airborne toxic event notice goes up. I mean, it could conceivably be that, yeah, there might be something so outside of the box that you have to type it in to the system somehow like, hey, guess what? The aliens are here and they're not friendly. But very likely that's not going to happen. Yeah, I feel like, you know, these guys have done a really good job of identifying the most common things. And, and, and quite frankly, there's one that's just called threat. And, you know, and threat <laughs> covers obviously a lot of things. Straightforward. Yep. And you can, you can append that message with whatever text you want. And in fact, the best alert notification systems that are tied to digital signage allow the digital signage system to ingest those text messages so that as they come in, And as the events change over time and the appended messages arrive, they supersede the previous messages. So, you know, as the events unfold, you want the instructions to change as they unfold. One of the great benefits of of this stuff on digital signage is the speed, right? I mean, you really want to design for things to go as quickly, as quickly, as humanly, humanly possible. Yeah, and that, you know, the illustration there is um, if you have all of your messages predefined in advance and you're just relying on this cap trigger, 
the cap trigger becomes almost like the easy button. So once the law enforcement right. community makes the decision to start that notification process, they go to one source, which is easy to use. It's not a complicated interface. And then that trigger causes all of these other platforms right. to go into their mode of operation in terms of initiating a mass notification. Make sure it's a really easy to read font. Make sure the instructions are as clear, but as short as possible to get across all of the information. No one is going to, as they're running past a TV on a wall right. that has stuff, no one's going to go, hold on a second. Uh, let me take a look and read it all five sentences here. But also if it just says, run with an arrow, I don't know how helpful that will be. What do I do when I get to the end of the corridor, right? These displays in most cases are big and they're really designed to put you know, big pieces of information on screen. Yeah. Boom. Enough, you know, simple instructions. Again, use the stairwells, not the elevators. Don't use the elevators. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, an arrow pointing to that stairwell. Right. You know, Unless the danger is in the stairwell, obviously. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Warning, do not use stairwells. Monster. It's also useful, not just as an emergency unfolds. Like you said, it can adjust what's up on the displays as events change, as the as the emergency sort of progresses and eventually peters out and everything's fine again. Post-event recovery can also be a part of this, right? Talk about that, how you can use that to kind of interface with the community and get back up and running. Yeah, I mean, you know, after the event is over and all said and done, you know, you want people to feel safe and understand that the entire situation is safe, that emergency responders are on site, you know, whatever other crews of people are there, you know, you want them to understand that, hey, we've, we already have a plan for recovery. In fact, these are our steps in the, in the recovery process. You can even use the signs to help convey where you are in that recovery process and what's coming next so that people, you know, really get the sense that you're in charge, you understand what's going on, and this is how we're going to recover from what just happened. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a good tool for that because, again, you can incorporate visual elements that you can't do just in a text message yeah and i think giving some details like that is is good i mean we, we've talked in other podcasts about how uh, transparency is very important especially to millennials but also you know when you're you were in the middle of something oh my gosh there's a fire for example uh it's in my wing out i go all my stuff's in there boom and in one way that you will handle that stress and try and make sense of it and create a context in which you can be calm is to have details and information. So feeding that to uh, people can help help them in their own personal recovery sure. as well, as well as letting the community know, hey, hey, guys, we, we got this. We're okay. But obviously, it's only, it's only part of the puzzle. Digital signage alone wouldn't be enough. Right. I mean, digital signage by itself, it's not a life safety platform. I mean, it's you know, really, it, you can't equate instructions or notices to the effectiveness of, let's say, a um, sprinkler system in a building that's on fire. I mean, it's not that right. level of life safety, but it's a good tool for conveying where to go and what to do next. That's a lot of information. Uh, and obviously, when we're talking to crisis communications plans, we want things to be very, very clear. So in that spirit, let's just kind of go through like the seven steps basically to creating crisis communications okay. plan. The number one thing is you need a plan that starts at the top, right? You know, there has to be buy-in from the very top. This is not a bottom-up you know, strategy. This is um, a team of people that are concerned about the well-being of everyone that's in the organization. And so it has to start at the top with an emergency response process and then associated with that, 
is a notification process. This is not something you want to crowdsource. No, yeah. it is definitely not. And it's not something you're just going to find on the internet. I mean, this takes you know involvement from a lot of different parties uh, to ensure that it's going to work. You want to keep it simple, right? That's the next thing. You want to keep it simple so that when the event unfolds, there are tools and resources to trigger the appropriate mass notification layers, and you want the guidance and instruction to be simple. And you want right. it to reinforce uh, the other vehicles that are also delivering information to those affected by whatever it may be. The next thing, of course, you want to deal with is role-playing and testing. So we run wow. into these things all the time. They, they test it one time in like in a small subset. And, and unfortunately, people do this even with SMS testing. So, you know, they send messages to a subset of the mass notification group, and it's just, say, administrators on a team or whatever. Right. But yet... Who knew it was coming? That's correct. Who knew it was coming? But instead, what you should really consider is announcing in advance that this Thursday we're going to conduct a test at approximately 4 p.m. Because the reality is you might have a, a college campus with 36,000 students, mm. another 10,000 professors and administrators on there, plus visitors and others. So you have this major, major population that could be uh, affected by this test because it might not just be SMS. It could be digital signs. It could be loudspeakers, emails. It could be all kinds of web, right. website announcements. So testing is key and important because you want to make sure it's, it's going to work. Of course, you want it to be fast. You want it to be responsive. You want to make sure that there's no lag in the displays and they are immediately right. ingesting this information and transforming the message on the screen to affect the population that might be impacted by this situation. Right, as events unfold. That's correct. Yeah. You obviously want to cover all your bases. That's you know, Certainly, you want to make sure that not only do you announce to people on campus, but you announce to the community at large so there's no rumors that occur after this you know, mm. test, for example. But you want to make sure that everyone is involved, not only in the emergency response process, but also the notification process. So cover everything. Anybody that could be affected, you want them to be aware of what's going on. Um, of course, you have to consider the uh, communication methods that you're using and the types of information that you're delivering over those various mediums, because you can put a lot on a web page, you can put a lot in an email message, it gets less, you know, on a um, on a cell phone or some other mobile device. Text, yeah. Yep, it becomes less in Twitter, yeah. right? And so you know, you've got to think about. And frankly, the digital science even less. That's correct, because it could be limited to simple instructions, as we alluded to earlier, with some arrows pointing you in the right direction, and yeah. that's it. I mean, it almost makes me think that digital scientist messages are like 10% information, 90% call, call to action. That's correct. <laughs> right. Yeah, it really is. And then the last thing you want to do is think about the future. I mean, you're, you're going to expand this technology. You might incorporate other multi-tiered elements in the mass notification. I mean, you got stratum, I guess, of that, that sort of thing. So sure. um, you want to make sure that you've thought about the future because these technologies are going to evolve. You might want to incorporate more social media or less, depending on how the uh, the population in your environment deals with social media. So right. the one thing you, you really want to consider is you can't future-proof everything, but you can cert certainly consider what's going to happen in the future and how it might affect your notification strategy. Yeah, be as prepared as you possibly can and constantly updating, reevaluating, testing. Yep. And, so on. and I think when you test, it should be as real-world as possible. That's right? correct, yes. Uh, like don't put up test. Right. You, Make you, it look real. It can look real with maybe test at the bottom. This right. is just a test. All right. Thank you for talking to us, Mr. Matthews. All right. Enjoyed being here. Thank you. All right. And thank you, everybody, for listening. 
Hey, want more free stuff? Then head to the resources section of physics.com for free masterclass guides, blogs, videos, and more to help you with your digital signs. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review of this episode and connect with us on social media.